Welcome to the Sojourn College podcast, where we engage in God's Word in a way that transforms us. My name is Michelle, and I'm on staff with Sojourn College. And we've been going through this series on doctrine, and today we're going to be talking about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But before we dive into that topic, I want to do a little bit of a recap from episode two, um, that episode on the doctrine of God, because that's really going to serve as a foundation for some of what we're going to talk about today. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I'd encourage you to maybe pause this one, head back there, listen to that one first, and then dig back into this episode. One of the big points from that episode that we talked about was that God is a triune God, right? There is one true God, and he is three persons. We made this distinction between nature and person. So there's one divine nature, one divine being, one God. And there are three divine persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So they are all the one divine nature, but they are three distinct persons. So I just want us to keep that in mind because that's really going to serve as a foundation for what we're going to discuss moving forward. And like I said, today we're going to be really delving into the, the, one of the three persons, which is the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited to dig into this topic of the Holy Spirit. All right, I think the Holy Spirit can be one of the most neglected persons of the Trinity. Right? Like, how often do you think of the Holy Spirit? How often do you address the Holy Spirit in prayer? If you're anything like me, it's probably a lot less compared to how much you think about or address God the Father or Jesus. Uh, I think we have this idea that, yeah, God the Father and Jesus are a little bit more tangible or maybe easier to understand. But I'm really hoping that today challenges you to think about the person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, this, this person of the Godhead, in a deeper way. So how I want us to tackle this is I want us to address one big question, which is, what does the Holy Spirit do? And to answer that question, we're going to really discuss three big works of the Holy Spirit. And it's important to remember, again, something else we talked about in the Doctrine of God episode, and that is that the Holy Spirit does not work apart from the Father and Son. Right. So have that in mind as I talk about these main works of the Spirit. Just because they are the main works of the Spirit doesn't mean the Father and Son are just like sitting on their hands in the background just watching what's going on, right? They're they're one God, and they're simultaneously involved, Um, but these are just merely the works that are primarily done by the Spirit, where He takes the primary role. And so there are three primary works that the Holy Spirit does that I really want us to dig into, and they are first, regeneration, second, indwelling, and third is equipping. So again, regeneration, indwelling, and equipping. And I want us to start with regeneration, so the work of regeneration. So I'm guessing when you hear that word, it maybe sounds a little bit weird, right? It sounds kind of mystical, regeneration. Um, So I really want to define that clearly for us. So regeneration is the act of God whereby eternal life is imparted to the believer by the Holy Spirit. Right? We see this in Titus 3.5. It says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So we see this this regeneration referenced directly here, right? The washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. I think to help us understand this more, it it can be helpful to think of it in this synonymous term. Um, A synonymous term of regeneration would be born again, right? We see that idea of being born again or a new birth all throughout Scripture. One main instance, I would say, is in John 3, where Jesus is talking about this idea with Nicodemus. Verses 3 through 8, John 3, 3 through 8, I'm going to read them for us. It says, Jesus answered him, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Right, so what do, what do we see here in this passage? Right, we see that those who have been born of the Spirit enter the kingdom of God. Again, this is referring to that regeneration by the Holy Spirit. Right, so the new birth, the regeneration, is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit imparts life to a soul which is dead in trespasses and sin. Right? We, we were dead in our transpa- trespasses and sin um, before we believed in Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit regenerates us, gives us this new birth. We are born again. And, and this is really the Spirit's key role in our salvation. Right? The Holy Spirit is who works in our lives to give us this new life, who gives us this new birth, this regeneration. And I think it's just an important thing to note um, that regeneration is instantaneous, right? It's accomplished at the time a person trusts Christ. So if you've believed in Jesus for saving faith, it is the Holy Spirit who has regenerated you. So, yeah, I think it's a really beautiful work to reflect on, that first work of the Holy Spirit, again, which is regeneration. So we got regeneration. The next work of the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And similar to regeneration, I want us to first define this word, indwelling. You may have heard it before, um, and I think a good way to, to define that is that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit refers to the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer from the moment of conversion on. Right. So when we believe in Jesus, when we are saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He indwells the believer. He enters us. And this is a really beautiful thing, right? This indwelling of the Holy Spirit means that we as believers are now the temple of God, right? The Holy Spirit lives in us, similar to how he dwelled in the tabernacle and temple all throughout the Old Testament, right? We see in Exodus 40, the Lord gives Moses really intricate discussion or intricate instructions for setting up the tabernacle. Verses 34 to 35 in Exodus 40 say, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Right? God's glory and presence filled the tabernacle. So the tabernacle and the temple were places that God could dwell with his people. And a shift happens at Pentecost in Acts, right? Where once Jesus leaves, the Holy Spirit enters at Pentecost and believers are now indwelt with the Holy Spirit when they believe, right? We have become the temple. Um, we have become the tabernacles, right? We're where the Lord dwells. And so we see that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, it says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own, right? And I think that's so amazing, right? The Holy Spirit dwelling in us reflects even just God's original intent in Eden, like God desires to dwell among people. Um, and the Holy Spirit is now how God accomplishes that desire. And so I think that's just something to rejoice in. It's amazing, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. And I, I also want to make a just small distinction here, um, the difference between this indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit, right? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is instantaneous. It is one time. It is permanent. 
When God saves us, we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave us, right? He is with us. The filling of the Holy Spirit is a bit different, and that is an experiential act brought about by our submission and obedience to God's will, right? It is our daily, continual battle of dying to our flesh and our fleshly desires and living in the Spirit. We have to continually ask for help to live in light of the Spirit, right? It's not like the Holy Spirit leaves us at certain points. It's more of a matter of how much we are surrendering to the Spirit that does live in us. So I just wanted to make that small distinction there. Yeah, with that, with that work of indwelling of the Spirit. And again, I think it's just an amazing thing to reflect on that God has chosen us to be his living temples. So we've got regeneration of the Holy Spirit. We've got indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the third big work I want to talk about is the equipping of the Holy Spirit. And so what I mean by that is that the Holy Spirit equips us with spiritual gifts. You've probably heard that phrase before, right? Spiritual gifts. I think a big passage for this is in 1 Corinthians 12, right? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. That's what it says there. And then they, um, Paul lists them, right? They include wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking, and interpreting of tongues. And I think to help us understand these gifts, I want us to just talk about what they are. And there's two things I really want to note here. First, these gifts are spiritual, right? They're called spiritual gifts for a reason. And they're things concerning the Spirit from the Holy Spirit. Second, these are gifts of grace, right? It's amazing um, the grace for the, of the Spirit to equip us with gifts, right? We did not deserve or earn them. And also to help us understand these gifts, I just want to distinguish of what these gifts are not. And so I just have five quick points here of what these spiritual gifts are not. First, spiritual gifts are not the same as the fruit of the Spirit, right? In fact, Paul really considers the evidence of spiritual fruit to be much more important even than the manifestation of a spiritual gift. We see that in 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to read part of that here in a bit. Second distinction is that a spiritual gift is not the same as a place of service, right? A spiritual gift is an ability. It's not a location, Third, a spiritual gift is not the same as office, right? So our gifts can be exercised whether or not someone holds a position in a church. It's not an office. Fourth, a spiritual gift is not a technique. Like techniques are really the means through which a gift might be channeled. For example, someone could use music to exercise their gift of exhortation. Music isn't necessarily their spiritual gift, but the, the gift of exhortation is and music is the technique by which they use that gift. Fifth is that a spiritual gift is not the same as a natural talent, right? There's a lot of people who aren't believers that have maybe great rhetorical ability, right? They're incredible speakers. Um, but what they do, their talents can't be compared to maybe some of the great evangelists or preachers of our day. Um, it's not just, yeah, these natural talents we have, um, but there's something for believers when the Holy Spirit indwells us that he gives us these gifts. And so it's important too to understand what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Why does the Holy Spirit equip us with gifts? And they are for service, right? They are not for personal aggrandizement. They're not for our own boasting, but rather they're from God. They're distributed individually, independently, and intentionally for the sake of serving others. I love the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13 and what it has to say about this. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, then I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. That's convicting, right? Right? Our gifts are not for our own boasting. If we're using these gifts, but they're not for the sake of loving and serving people for the furtherance of the kingdom or for the sake of, yes, serving people, um, then they're not um, fulfilling their purpose. They're not fulfilling the reason the Holy Spirit gave them to us. And so I just think it's a a really sweet thing to reflect on that the Holy Spirit has equipped us with these gifts. But I think it's important to remember that they're not for ourselves, right? They're for the kingdom. They're for other people. So let's, let's recap these three main works again, three key works of the Holy Spirit. They're regeneration, indwelling, and equipping. And I just want to say, these are not the only works of this Holy Spirit. There's a ton more that I could touch on, um, but these are just three big ones that I wanted to address today. And so I think I just want to leave us with a thought here. You know, what do we do in light of this? What's the point in learning about the Holy Spirit? And like I said earlier, I think the Holy Spirit can be one of the most neglected persons of the Godhead. Maybe because the Holy Spirit yeah, is harder to envision or picture in our finite minds. We can often just be like, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit, it's a mystery. He's out there. Right? But friends, I hope that learning about the amazing work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives helps spur you on to worship the Holy Spirit. And that's really my takeaway for you this week. Like pray to the Holy Spirit and thank him for himself. Thank God for this third person of the Trinity, for the Holy Spirit. And ask him to fill you this week, to be more of a, aware of his indwelling inside of you. Rejoice in the fact that we are temples, that God has indwelled in us, has given us the Holy Spirit, has gifted us and has given us new life, new birth through him. That's an amazing thing. And I want you to spend some time praising God this week for this. So thanks for tuning in. Y'all, I hope this has given you just more things to think about concerning the Holy Spirit. And if anything, just giving you greater thankfulness for him. Thanks for digging in and tune in next week as we continue our series on doctrine.